Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. They'll share life experiences, tips, techniques, thoughts, and tools to help you create life exponential. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker. Moving forward with the Decker Team. Moving forward together with the Decker Team. Why be an entrepreneur when it's so hard? Is it simply in you? Hello, this is Ken Decker, and I'm with Yetta Decker. And we're excited to be with you and welcome you to another Life's Inside Track, where we learn about tools, techniques, and ideas that everyone should know, that we deserve, that you deserve. And it helps us to turn our house into a home where our families thrive and we get to live the best life possible. Why be an entrepreneur? It's hard. I can tell you, I can attest to it. And the answer that almost everybody gives, number answer number one, isn't there an old family feud thing that would do that? Is that the show? <laughs> That's family feud. Yeah, yep. there you go. Anyway, top survey answer, says survey says freedom. Freedom. Freedom to do what you want, freedom to do it the way you want to do it, freedom with your time, freedom with your money, freedom to make as much money as you would like, freedom with your resources. Yes, and to and in this episode, what you're going to learn is what freedoms actually come with an entrepreneurial <laughs> business and which freedoms are a myth. They are not really freedoms. <laughs> so we're going to share from the perspective of what we thought, what we've been told, what we had chosen to believe. And the first was, I thought, I thought I would get to be my own boss. Absolutely. Right. I also thought that creativity, innovation, and curiosity was going to be something could explain bound and I could just do kind of things the way I wanted to do them and think them up. Mm, I love the word autonomy. I like to be the one in charge. I like to make the decisions, whether they're right or whether they're wrong. Except he thought they'd all be right. Yeah, That's of one of those things that often entrepreneurs believe. And then the other thing we knew, I knew I could do, was choose when I wanted to work. No one was going to be the boss of me. And how much I was going to work. When and how much, yeah. yeah. And what did we learn? What was the reality? What did what we find? What was the find? reality after 30-odd years? 30 and- years. Of being entrepreneurs? Mm, there is a boss. There is a boss. Yes, it's Mama Yetta. No, 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 no. It's not Mama Yetta. There is a Come boss, on. though. Ken's right to say there is a boss. There is a boss. There is a boss. And it's Mama not, Yetta. not me. The boss <laughs> of me is my client, is my team. It is the people that need what I have to serve them with. So mm. I actually am not my own boss. I go to work and interview almost every day. We get to interview for (laughs) For a job for a new boss. (laughs) The interview for the job of selling someone's home or helping somebody buy a home or helping somebody invest in many pieces of real estate. And yet, then you be if I'm going for an interview, it would only make sense that you'd be my boss. So Mm. I'm not the boss of me. So creativity. Talk to me about creativity. 
it has a price, right? You you do get to be creative. And if I don't have tools or systems and processes that I attract to run on, the creativity will usually land me in a lot of trouble and a lot of lost money. Mm, the other thing I find about creativity is sometimes, first of all, you got to carve out time for creativity. It takes time and it takes undivided attention you need focus time which means we got to put the phone away for an hour or two and we focus on creative things mm -hmm. and you know what sometimes when you're creative other people don't like what you created <laughs> that's true too because the client has to like it better than you like it it's not about creating something you want it's about creating something that serves and works for the people Ooh, that you're working with. I just thought of something. With. Hopefully the creation of this show, <laughs> you like it. <laughs> Hopefully we're not killing the ratings of CHRI right now, our radio station that we broadcast this on. And the other, I, I just don't even know what to say about that one because that <laughs> makes me even just want to cry to the thought that all the energy and the effort that we put into the creation doesn't actually serve. So we actually talk to our clients, find out what they're looking for to make sure or hope we ensure that it is a creation that is of value. The other thing is we thought we could choose our own time schedule and you kind of can, but you'd better be pretty wise about scheduling when you're available, because as a realtor, if you're not pretty much available when somebody needs to see a house, especially in this market when they don't last very long, or a seller that's in from out of town. So really being aware of what the demands and the needs are of the people that you serve. So although I can set my own schedule, it may cost in lost business. Yeah, well, the other side of that coin, right? There's a cost either way. And there could be a cost to your family because as an entrepreneur, you don't generally go to work, work your 36 or 40 hours, or maybe there's some overtime you work 50 hours. As an entrepreneur, you can work 60, 80, 90. There's nobody telling you it's time to go home or time to stop or Only time to wife. shut it off. <laughs> Only your wife or your husband or your family. Saying, which is fun. Home. Which is fun when we work in the business together. And maybe you work as an entrepreneurial couple, which creates its own unique challenges mm -hmm. to be able to shut off the business after a certain time at night, for instance. Yeah, that can be challenging. And then the fourth one is the decision piece. Thought that I could just choose whatever I wanted. I could decide and be the last buck stops here, which is kind of true, except they're heavy. There's a weight to making the business decisions that I hadn't counted on that kind of robbed some freedom. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Those decisions affect people's lives. And what happened for me, the weight became even weightier yeah. when I started to employ people in my industry, right? So now uh, we own a brokerage and there's 85 people with real estate licenses to help buy and sell real estate, they're relying on me having the systems and processes to support them. Mm -hmm. There are nine staff that are paid a salary that are relying for their family's mm -hmm. well-being that my business mm -hmm. works. 
Yeah. And there's a weightiness to that. You know, when when the COVID lockdowns came down and the first time I, I did have to lay some people off for, I think it was about six or eight weeks. Yeah. And then we brought most of them back and we actually were able to give them a raise. But it's it's tough. There's a there's a responsibility, a cape. When you put on the the mantle or the cape of entrepreneurship, there is a weight to that cape. And it's significant. And so that doesn't sound like freedom, does it? It kind of <laughs> sounds like the opposite of freedom. And yet I am here to tell you, after having been an entrepreneur pretty much all my life, I kind of started with the entrepreneurial spirit as a teenager. Ken started at like seven. His family was entrepreneurs. And yet if it's in you, even if there's a risk of failure, if it is what you were here for, then do it. Just do it wisely is what Mama Yetta says. Mm. And Barbara Cochran had a, a quote, and her quote is, it's your game. Make up your own rules. Mm. And that's what I love about entrepreneurship is you get to make up the own rules. And as long as other people like them, they'll come and play with you. <laughs> fail, 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 fail. And then succeed. And maybe fail a few more times. We've enjoyed for over 30 years, even though we failed a lot of times, <laughs> coming alongside you with insider tips, making house home, how to grow wealth, how to have more fun, how to get the most out of your home so that you thrive, your family thrives, and we actually get to thrive alongside you. Mm, so why did I say... Fail, 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 fail. Four times I said fail. I know. Wrong, right? No, because one in five entrepreneurial businesses don't make it. And ah, that's such a hard truth. So what you're going to learn in this episode is why they don't succeed, or at least the top reasons they don't succeed. And then if we just left you there, that would be super depressing, which was <laughs> the first plan. But this time we'll actually give you some of the things you can do to avoid the failure. That's mm, interesting. Forbes, Forbes did a study. Now this was on startups. So we're talking like major startups where there is great big funding, mm -hmm. you know, usually high tech or, or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And one out of 10 make it. Nine out of 10 fail. And they have investor money. I know. Isn't that wild? Yeah. So, yeah. Like, this, this is so near and dear to our heart. And we thought, you know what? So many people that we know want to own a business. There seems to be, as we've talked about it in other parts of episodes, there seems to be a trend to being your own boss and wanting the freedoms that come along with that. And yet it is not for the faint of heart. And more and more start with peripreneur, mm -hmm. which just basically means you keep your job right, and you are running a business and it has all kinds of tax advantages. It has that Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes people do it in their passion zone. Maybe there isn't enough money to survive on that, but it's their passion. So they work their job. Right. And so that actually could be one of the ways to reduce 
the risk of failure because one of the things that gets in a lot of people's ways is the lack of resources, being undercapitalized. So if you keep your job, we call the job the investor. <laughs> yes, the investor do. that helps you keep it moving as you're building the business. Now, the downside for that's probably pretty obvious. Your time is divided and you can't do single focus. So it's not that that is for the faint of heart either, because it's not. But at least that's one way of eliminating some of the risk of being undercapitalized. Yeah. And you know what? That's interesting because it brought something up for me. It's not even in the show, but we're going to talk about it. We do Because it's now in the, the show, time. right? Okay. The great <laughs> news is we do do a few little notes. We don't really honor who's going to say what part. We change it up as we go. And we don't even stay with what we thought we were going to tell you. Because mm -hmm. as we're talking to you, we go, ha, huh, this is really important. You need to know this yeah. and we didn't think of it in all the hours of prep because as we're coaching we coach uh, entrepreneurial couples mm -hmm. we coach entrepreneurs that are single and we coach entrepreneurs that one of the couple is an entrepreneur and that's where the capitalization thing can get tricky mm -hmm. because if you're by yourself and you're working a job and then you're taking resources from that job and applying it to your entrepreneur business for the startup, because quite often startups don't make money at first. And there can be a bit of a riff in the family, especially if one spouse mm. is also going out and has a job, and maybe they're the only one that's got a job and you're working 100% in the entrepreneurial side, and they start begrudging because they're going to work, putting the bacon on the table, and the dessert you're taking and spending on your entrepreneurial business, which may be losing money. And that can create a relational riff, it can. which could cause a business to fail. Or worse, the relationship to fail. So there is a high potential cost. And it is one of the reasons businesses fail. Another one is lack of demand for the product or the service. You love it. You are super excited about bringing this thing to market. And Nobody you build, wants it. You build that widget and nobody wants it. Or you build the widget and somebody builds a better widget and brings it out mm -hmm. just before you are going to go to market. So, so how you accomplish and sort of overcome the risk of that one is do your market research. Do some testing. It's actually pretty easy today to get people to share their opinions. Yeah, when we were building our, when we were building out the pendant that you designed. Yeah. We put some Facebook posts, you know, do you like mm -hmm. this style? Do you like this style? Which do you like? A, B. And you do some A, B testing. And quite often, sometimes it's 50-50 and you go, oh, well, maybe I better make both. And that's what we did in the case of the pendant. We made a plain one and we made one with bling. But you might, you might have just made the bling one and you only get half the market because you didn't test it. Right. So testing, doing your market research and friends that aren't in your industry, people that you know, people that you're connected with that aren't in your industry. This is where I've seen so many realtors fail. 
They go to their realtor friends, say, what do you think of the way I'm marketing this? What do you think of the program that I've created for my clients? What do you think of? They're too (laughs) biased. They don't have, they're not the client. So when you're doing your market research, one of the things that we would advocate hugely for Mm -hmm. is make sure that you're getting the input from somebody that is interested in your service. I know even with the pendant story, I asked a family member what they thought of something that we were creating and he tore it to shreds and I was devastated. And I was sharing with another entrepreneurial friend, my devastation. And he said, well, is that family member a potential consumer for the product? It was a pendant piece of jewelry. And I said, no. They he hate jewelry. jewelry. Every time I'm giving him <laughs> some, he wants to get rid of it as fast as it comes into the house. I don't do that anymore. And so making sure when you do your market research that you're doing it with your potential target yeah. market. Yeah. Another another mm. big thing is competing on price as opposed mm. to innovation or style. Innovation and style will always beat the competition. Price, they can always lower their price. And that's a slippery slope because as your price goes down, your margin goes down, your profit goes down, and at some point, you don't make any money. Right. Growing too fast can be a problem because you don't put the systems in place. So build a strong foundation. Like no matter what here, if you're going to build a business, build a foundation that has the ability to scale. Yes. And you know what? Escalating expenses. That's one of my not so favorite is I like to spend money on new widgets, on new advertising, on new marketing. And I think, oh, it's only going to take one sale or two sales and we'll pay for this. And a lot of that, you do a few that too many times and suddenly you're running hard just to break even instead of mm-hmm. making profit on every sale. Yeah. So the, the answer here is what Mama Yetta, or as my son says, Grandma Yetta, <laughs> is Mama Yetta says, really? Be sure of what you're going into. Do the research on the front end. And if it is in your heart, then you don't want to have the regret of not running your own business. Yeah, like Farrah Gray says, build your own dreams or someone else will hire you to build theirs. The paradox of entrepreneurial success or the paradox of success in business. We've created for you free access to over 423 episodes that provide insights on life's inside track, making house a home and building wealth, creating harmony in your life and having a life exponential. You get exactly what you need when you need it from the comfort of your office, your home or on the go. Now, paradox of success. What does that mean is my answer to the question I asked. (laughs) I don't even know. I have a clue. So in this episode, what are they going to learn? Well, they're going to learn that the paradox of success for an entrepreneur and how to avoid some of those traps. The first, I'm going to dig right in because it is the one that even gets us in trouble when we're doing life's inside track. Huh? Mm, really? Really? That's deep. It is. And that is 
vying for your time. The better you are, the thing you do. Not their time, our time. Yeah, our time. They want our time. Right. Because we're great at what we do. Right. So when you want to buy a house or sell a house, you want us. Right. And likewise, if you're beginning a business, you're the entrepreneur, the paradox of success comes. One of the core areas is your time is so divided. And you, limited. And limited. Because as you grow, as you become successful, yeah. there's more demand for what you do. And then the freedom that you actually signed up for to be an entrepreneur starts to dissipate because you're in high demand. Right. That's a good problem to have. And yet it creates a limit on your success because they don't make any more time. So then you, well, there is no more time being made, right? <laughs> we only have the 1,440 minutes a day and we have to figure out what we're going to do from sleep and from eating and taking care of ourselves and then serving people and being with our family and spending time with God, everything that's important to us has to fit inside of that. So you add entrepreneurship or business ownership. And once you're good, your time just seems to vanish. So competing priorities is even greater when you're an entrepreneur because it's easy to stay at the computer, stay in creation mode, stay at the office, or somebody calls and says they need you even though you had already allocated your time for something else. Mm. The other thing is most entrepreneurs start because they really love something. They really love what they're doing, whether it be mm -hmm. painting or construction work or serving clients. And when you first start out, Typically, you don't have the money to hire a bunch of people to do all the other things. So you need to be the candle maker, the, the butcher, the baker, the candle make, the candlestick maker. You got to wear all the different hats. And so at one right. point, you put on the accounting hat, then you put on the administration hat, then you put on the marketing hat, then you put on the sales hat, and then maybe you get to put on the fulfillment hat, which is probably what you really wanted to do in the first place. Right. So that one right there is probably one of the most sad. I'm going to call it sad because the very thing <laughs> you got in business to do, you don't get to do very much of anymore. So there's a thinking that the success is going to come from doing what you love. And now you can't do what you love because you have to run the business right or you do what you love and you serve those clients and then it becomes the extra time you know i used to say you know the difference between a job and a and a career or entrepreneur it's 40 hours a week yeah because you get to at the beginning do all the other jobs because you cannot afford to hire somebody to right. do those things and then the other piece, the paradox of success is that what got you going, the planning and the organizing and the creativity, it's hard to find the time to keep on that. So you as a human, if you don't keep growing, if you don't keep instilling new skills and behaviors and ways of seeing things, all of a sudden you capped, right? Your business will only grow to the extent that you do. So mm -hmm. what got you going won't keep you going if you don't keep growing.
Right. So you can't solve today's problems with the knowledge that created them. Exactly. You need new knowledge to solve today's problems that you exactly. created with the knowledge you have. <laughs> right. Our, our son in love, and he knows we share this story because it's the story of every entrepreneur, pretty much. He decided he would launch into a renovation business. And he was so honoring of us. He even called it Solid Rock Renos and then Solid Rock Ottawa as he opened his second renovation business. And what an honor. He kept our name. And so the entrepreneurial spirit is alive and well in our family line. Our kids, our son-in-love, our daughter-in-law has been an entrepreneur. So it is in the blood. And grandbabies, they've already started the entrepreneurial path. And so it's in them. And yet the biggest frustration that Sasha ran up against was he loves being on the tools, taking care of building things. He became an expert hardwood floor installer, phenomenal at painting, just really skilled craftsmen. Drywalling too. Oh, he's like essentially pretty anything good Anything he puts his hand to in construction, he's excellent at it. And then the business grew to the point where he couldn't spend time on that. So then he's doing the things that don't bring him the same fulfillment and yet they're necessary. So what is he doing? He's doing estimating. He's running from job to job, managing the, the workers. He's going to the construction stores to buy materials and, and tools accounting. And, and doing accounting and estimating and, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, the stuff that, Maybe he's not, not, maybe he likes it, but maybe he's not good at it. Well, and that's the paradox of success. You end up having to do the things you're frankly not that good at. So there's a great book by Michael Gerber called The E-Myth. And he actually has a book for the E-Myth. E-Myth stands for Entrepreneurial Myth. And he has one for mm-hmm. contractors as well. And it's just beautiful because it, ex- it explains that issue. And then it explains how to work through it. And how to spend time working on your business. 20, 30% of your time should be working on your business, not in it. And then hire the right people. What, as Sasha's company was growing, he was hiring contractors, people with skills like he had good skills to build great product for, for people, mm-hmm. which just perpetuated the issue of having more business, more quotes, more management. And now he's finally realized, oh, I can hire somebody to help me on the on the paperwork, sending out estimates, you know, doing all the administrative mm-hmm. stuff and a little bit of the marketing stuff. Mm-hmm. And now it's freed him up. He's more on the tools, not 100% on the tools, yeah. but enough that at least he's getting gratification. So bottom line, what Mama Yetta is saying to you to remember is simply think it through on the front end, what are going to be those success stoppers for you? And then put a plan into place to avoid it being your success lift. Mm. Peter Drucker says the best way to predict the future is to create it. And that's what entrepreneurs do. Thanks for the privilege of growing alongside you because we're passionate about helping families thrive in their real estate life and also in business. Moving forward with the Decker team. Moving forward together with the Decker team.